Well, I've been announcing this for like five weeks, and it is time to dive in on our forgiveness series. But to start, you know, um, humans are kind of funny. Fair statement, wouldn't you say? Yeah. One example, some of us like to eat sunflower seeds that are beautifully de-shelled and immaculately packaged and, and seasoned, and we like to enjoy them, our sunflower seeds that way. But there's another way we like to enjoy our sunflower seeds too, right? It's in the shell. And it's like manly to <laughs> throw those in your mouth and you mush them out and spit them out, right? Some call it disgusting. <laughs> I won't name names from the front row. There are two people, two kinds of people in the world. Those who like the ones on the left, those who like the ones on the right. And I, I'm going to ask you to, to, it's time to put your stake in the ground here. Who is willing to raise your hand high and proud saying, I am firmly in the de-shelled uh, left-hand side camp for my sunflower seeds? Impressive. All right. Very good. Who here is like, uh-uh, give me those shells. Give them to me fresh. There it is. Right on. At all the men. Uh. <laughs> now, uh, who, who just doesn't like sunflower seeds? There you go. And who is so sick of me asking you to raise your hand all the time? Ah, I got a couple. Yeah, all right. Cool. I'll break you down yet. <laughs> we will be a hand-raising church. <laughs> That's weird. So, on the stream at home, I want to hear your answers, too. What one of these are you in? Now, as a kid, I could not figure out the whole shelled sunflower seed thing. I had no idea what I was doing. I would, I would take some, and I'd put them in my mouth, and I'd, I'd mash them all around, and I'm like, where's the seed? I can't figure it out. And then i just, like, spit it all out, and it was just disgusting. I'm sorry if that, like, ruined your breakfast or whatever this morning. Uh... I couldn't figure it out until one day, my young adulthood, I went golfing with my good friend, my best man actually, Jonathan Annables, his name. First time golfing together. We're walking on the fairway, and he offers me some sunflower seeds. And at first I decline. I'm like, I have bad experience with those. And uh, Jonathan told me in his intimate or his in his wisdom, oh no, eating sunflower seeds and golfing is not optional. Okay, so I took some. And I struggled my way through for a while until he gave me some pointers, and I kept at it. And eventually, that sweet moment when you split the shell, you get the seed out of there, you eat it, and that shell goes flying. <laughs> Whew, baby, that's a good moment. Jonathan taught me it's not just a snack when you eat sunflower seeds. It's also an activity, or as he calls it, a snacktivity. Now, yes, it was more challenging eating them when they were shelled than the de-shelled version, but it was oh so much more rewarding. Now, sometimes it's tempting to take the easy way through life, a path of least resistance. You try not to cause trouble, and trouble won't find you. We see a potential challenge, and we just kind of want to go the other way because the reward just sometimes doesn't seem worth the trouble. But if you've ever figured out how to eat a sunflower seed and then expertly spit it out, the shell that is, then part of you knows that it is great reward on the other side of the challenge. Today we're beginning our series on forgiveness. It's going to be a five-week series. 
as we look at living into our calling as a forgiven and a forgiving people. So what does sunflower seeds have to do all of this? Actually, nothing. I just wanted to tell that story. <laughs> Kidding. Forgiving people who have wronged us is one of the most difficult things that God asks us to do. But it's also one of the most rewarding, one of the most life-giving, life-changing. And just like eating sunflower seeds when golfing, forgiving others is not optional in our faith. It is essential. It is foundational. So that's why we're diving in. And I think it's safe to say, if you're familiar with Christianity, like at all, you will know that forgiveness plays an important part in our faith. But we also know forgiveness is a gift that is very easy to receive. It is so good when we receive it. And it is so hard to give. So hard to forgive others. And frankly, I think it's a topic that none of us are immune to. I think every single one of us on this beautiful earth, this hits home close to us. Just as an example, when I've been promoting, and we've been talking about the series coming up over the past weeks, all about forgiveness, I kind of wonder if you may have felt some apprehension within you, maybe even some nerves, some resistance of some kind. But I also wonder if even deeper than that, there was just some longing and persisting hope. Maybe now I can finally release this. Maybe now I can finally figure this out. And that's my hope, and that's my prayer that we will together be able to. So we're going to take an honest look at our lives, and that's hard. And as we do that, we may see that there are likely people in our lives we have not yet forgiven. So today is all about focusing on how forgiveness is both a decision and a process and a journey for all of us to live into. Now the Bible, what do you know, it's kind of the handbook for forgiveness for us. It has a lot to share about it, and over the next five weeks we're going to be exploring different facets of forgiveness, especially some of Jesus' encounters with others and how he um, expresses and extends forgiveness. But today we're going to get a bigger picture view on the overarching idea of being a forgiven people. So we're going to read a few passages together. Um, The first uh, couple, uh, they'll all be on the screen, and this will frame it for us. So hear now the word of the Lord. This is from Colossians chapter 3. It says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Similarly, Ephesians 4 puts it this way, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So just two examples, and there are many more, that point to the reality that Jesus Christ, He lived, He died, He rose again, all so that your sins may be forgiven, and that we would be made right with God. He did this out of his deep, his profound love for you, for me, for all of his children, that if we call on him as our Lord, and we sincerely ask him for the gift of forgiveness, we are assured that he forgives us. That's the gospel. That is the good news. He's given us this greatest gift of grace. 
His forgiveness that covers every sin. Every sin, past, present, future, every single wrongdoing you have ever done. He forgives. And because we have received it, as these passages illustrate, we are also expected to give it. This gift we've received, it's it's not a one-way gift. It's not a gift of consumption, where you're given something and perhaps a, a, a food item or something, and you partake of it, and then it's gone. It's a gift we are expected to share. It's kind of like love. Any relationship grounded in love, love isn't just something you receive, is it? That'd be a pretty lousy relationship if you're just there to receive love. You also reciprocate and give back that love. That's what makes it a loving relationship. Just as God calls us to love others, he doesn't just call us to be loved. You see, it's a gift we've received, and it's just too good not to share. We're also reminded, you may recall, the Lord's Prayer. For Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, he is teaching, and he's, he comes to the section on prayer in his greatest sermon ever given, and he teaches us how to pray. We're going to dive into that together right now. We're going to look at it from Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 9. These are the words of Jesus Christ. He says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Probably heard that before. Probably said it a few times. Let's consider those words again, framed around the idea of forgiveness. So at the beginning, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, we could say, We praise you for your goodness that in your holiness you chose to forgive and wash us clean. And we long for things to be as you desire right here and now with your people living in harmony with you and humankind. And because you give us everything we need, you have also given us forgiveness. And so we will forgive others and not be tempted by the evil one to hold your kingdom back by holding on to unforgiveness. For when we rely on you and live as you desire, you set us free from the enemy. If you've been following God for any amount of time, you know this prayer. But that forgiveness piece we might miss because we're too concerned about saying debts or trespasses. (laughs) What one do I say? And then we're, we're done with it, right? The other thing that I think is remarkable is what comes right after this part of when Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer. We don't recite it. It's not part of the Lord's Prayer as we recite it, but it is profound and powerful. And so look at what it says here, Matthew 6, 12 uh, through 15. This is right after what we just read. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Ooh, ouch. How can we praise God if we have unforgiveness in our hearts? How can we advance his kingdom while we're holding on to bitterness? How can we ask for him to provide for our daily needs if we're unwilling to forgive others? And how can we fight back the evil one if we are giving him a foothold to stand upon? Jesus circled back to forgiveness because he did not want us to miss this. But let's parse this out a little because it is a little confusing, this idea of Jesus not forgiving us our sins. So let's unpack it. We do remember that God's gift of salvation, once it is given, it never retreats. God's word is clear on that. Our salvation, it is found in Christ alone by faith. So if it's extended, he's not going to say, uh-oh, it's mine now. Sorry. However, it does mean, well, and just to bring that home a little bit more, a way I like to remember is that no believer can sin his or her way out of salvation. Okay? And I don't encourage you to try, <laughs> but you cannot sin your way out of salvation. But we also must take Jesus' words here incredibly seriously. You see, though our salvation is assured and our ultimate rebellion against God is forgiven, we still daily must come before the throne and seek God's forgiveness. To humble ourselves before him and accept his rule in our lives, for it is good. And then we receive his grace again, and he sends us out to work out our salvation. That is, to be more like him. To not waste this incredible gift of life that he has given us. But we also know there are earthly consequences to our actions. If we continue to live in sin, we will face the consequences of our sin. And God will allow us to be disciplined in hopes of drawing us back to him and back to his ways, which brings healing, which brings wholeness. And if that sounds harsh, it's actually not. It's deeply loving, like a compassionate father or mother that longs for their kid to learn the right way. See, we will never thrive in this life if we are chaining ourselves by living in sin, such as by withholding our own forgiveness. All that to say, if we humble ourselves enough to graciously accept this awe-inspiring gift that is fully and completely undeserved, then who are we to withhold that same gift to those who have hurt us? We'll be talking about hurt and whatnot throughout this series, and I just want on the outset to say in no way throughout this series are we minimizing your pain. Your hurt, what you've experienced, is real. It is raw. It is true. And this does not dismiss your feelings or what has happened to you. Those are all very real. We are not dismissing or diminishing those at all. That hurt is real. But we also believe there's healing to happen. If you feel like there isn't freedom, we are here to remind you of the good news. There is always freedom in Christ. 
So we hear this idea of forgiveness. Okay, because I'm forgiven, I'm so forgiven, I receive that, I accept that, I can forgive others. And when we read that, we're like, yes, I want to do that. But in our humanness, living it out is so much harder, isn't it? Oh man, it is hard. I'm going to quote Lisa Turker. She's the author of the book that we are studying, which I highly encourage you to dive into. Um, we're going to begin reading our reading plan tomorrow. Uh, in an interview, she had this quote that I want to read for us. She said, Hurt feelings don't often want to cooperate with holy instructions. Man, that's the truth. We have to remember that forgiveness, it's not based on our determination of just simply gritting our teeth. We can't just decide, oh, I'm going to do this, right? Forgiveness, it's our cooperation with what Jesus already did. We have to remember that we ask for God's forgiveness for us. And as God's forgiveness flows to us, we then have to let it flow through us. Forgiveness is a decision. It's a marked moment in time. But then forgiveness is also a process. Look at those words there. Forgiveness is our cooperation with what Jesus already did. And because God's forgiveness flows to us, comes to each of us, we have to then let it flow through us. It reminds me of, you know, in the summer times, which summer is coming. We had glimpses of that, huh? A little sunshine? Yeah. I actually wish the snow stayed a little bit longer. I know I'm the exception. There you go, Greg. There you go, Nancy. All right. <laughs> but think about the summertime. I, I, I remember, you know, hooking up our hose to the spigot, and I'm going to fill up our little inflatable pool. And, and so, so I hook up the, the hose, and I turn the faucet on full blast, and my five-year-old, my two-year-old are just screaming at me. They're all excited, and I'm getting stressed because of all the noise. And I go to the pool, and the hose is there, but no water's coming out. I'm like, wait. What's going on? Did I turn it on? I, maybe not. I'm confused. So I go back to the spigot and I check. It's on full blast. I go back to the pool and nothing is coming out. And wait, what's going on? And who knows what's going on there? Hose is froze. Well, this is. Let, let's imagine we're in the deep summer. Yeah, that would be a very appropriate response. But it's not jiving with my my story here, Bob. Sorry. Yeah. And look at that. You, saw, you said it. And you, you said it, and Scott's like, I'll find a picture of that and put it up. So there you go. A kink in the hose. Yep, we've all been there. It's stopping the water from going through. It's stopping it from its final destination. A hose is not meant to hold water. A hose is a terrible bucket. And we are not meant to hold forgiveness. It doesn't stop with us. It is meant to flow out of us. Forgiveness is not complete until it has come in and also through. For if we withhold it, we're not living into the fullness of the freedom of Christ that we have been promised. There's a verse in Galatians that goes, it's for freedom that Christ has set us Free, so stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It's for freedom Christ has set us free. But if we do not forgive, we're doubling down on the hurt by choosing to let it chain us down 
and continue to hurt us until we are finally able to release its power over us by giving it over to God. Now that Galatians passage, it's a cry against legalism when you go to the, the context of it. And what, is that, what that means is it's a cry against obedience without faith. Just doing the things you're supposed to do but without the faith component to it of, of the reason why and doing things for the right reasons. And, and we know there's no forgiveness without faith. There just isn't. And you can't, as Lisa said in her quote, you can't just begrudgingly forgive someone. You know what I mean? You can't just like, like, I forgive you, forgive you, <laughs> and check that box. Done, they're forgiven, and we move on. And yet, how many times have we done that, right? So many times. Forgiveness is a bold step, a bold declaration and display of faith, saying, I am choosing the hard and the good path to release this and forgive someone who has hurt me. And then that resembles our Lord and Savior, who has forgiven so many that have hurt him. See, forgiveness is a decision and a process of releasing the power that that other person, that person who hurt you, releasing them back into God's much more capable hands. And what we find is there is freedom in that. And no person goes through life without getting deeply hurt. Grief, it finds all of us. It does. The holding on to that hurt, choosing not to forgive, it simply leads to more hurt. We know that unforgiveness is fertile soil for sin to grow spread, to take root. The enemy wants nothing more than for us to give him a foothold by holding on to things that God so desperately wants you to release. To forgive is not just a victory for you and your freedom, but for God and his kingdom against the enemy. Never forget your real enemy. It's not that person who hurt you. It is Satan. The enemy rejoices when we hold on. And we do not want him rejoicing. So friends, it is time for us to do the hard but beautiful work of letting go, of trusting our pain, our hurt, our fears, our worries, and hands so much bigger, so much more capable than ours. For God has forgiven more than we can ever imagine, and he has room for what you're holding on to, for whatever is chaining you down. If you think, you know, well, if you do a hard look at your life and go, yeah, I have no one to forgive, I, I would implore you to look a little deeper. There's still maybe something there. But even if you do and you're like, truly, I feel like I've released everything, we celebrate with you. That is beautiful. But this message is still for you because chances are down the line, there may be another hurt that comes along. So this will help prepare you for the battle ahead. But for all of us, wherever we're at on this journey, I personally just care too much for you and about all of you. That there, there's just something within me that is pleading you to consider doing this hard work. 
to consider to let those walls down and do the hard work of forgiveness because there is so much freedom and healing on the other side. And it's not an easy journey, but it is so necessary and so good. And for some of us, it's a journey that is long overdue. We're going to talk more specifically about how we go about that. You're like, okay, I agree, Pastor Kevin, but how do we do that? We're going to be unpacking that. This is a five-week series, after all. We have some time. And so we're going to unpack all that. But the, you need to know it is a long process. It's a healing process of forgiveness that we will explore and go through together. But today, it's all about making that decision. Because if it's a decision and it's a process, today's about making that decision. As Lisa says, forgiveness, it's both a decision and it's a process. We make the decision to forgive. That's us being obedient to God. We have a marked moment in time where we are saying, I have decided I have suffered long enough because of what other people have done to me. So I am going to sever myself from this unforgiveness attachment to this source of suffering. And I am going to walk in healing. I long for us all, my brothers and sisters, to walk this healing process. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a little messy. But in the end, it is so healing and so worth it. So worth it. If we don't do this, then we simply will keep on hurting. Hurting people then uh, that doesn't stay with us. Hurting people hurt other people. We hurt others. We hurt ourselves. And frankly, you've hurt long enough. So I implore you to dive in. Make this decision to enter this process of forgiveness. You will get out of it what you put into it. So let's go all in together. So as we close, I do want to give us a tangible step to begin this process. And that is to do the gritty work of identifying the hurt in our lives and who caused that hurt. That's our challenge, to take inventory. There are these moments, these conversations, these experiences in our lives that are just burned forever in our memory. They usually include times where we've either been hurt or we have hurt others. And it's in our human nature to try and suppress those memories, to try and run from them. But I'd like to humbly ask you to pay attention to them this week. Pay attention to those moments and write down a whole list of those hurts and the people associated with those hurts. You might have a laundry list. You might have a short list. You might find the same name popping up over and over again or a potpourri of names. Whatever it is, I encourage you to do this over a span of time for Experiences will pop in our mind at the most unsuspected moments. Just now, I was thinking of an incident I had with my elementary school friend, and like, oh, I wonder if that's something I need to forgive. I don't know yet, but we take inventory, and then we do the messy and good work of processing, okay? So that's my encouragement, is to take inventory, but not just that, then take it to the Lord in prayer. Begin praying for these people and praying for this moment and asking God to begin that work of forgiveness within you. And 
I say this knowing that for many of you, you may have been and are still on this journey and have been for a long time. My encouragement, continue to press forward. As you are faithful, God is always faithful, and he will bless your efforts. But the process doesn't start without first taking inventory. My friends, God has forgiven us. He has freed us from every chain that seeks to bind us down. So let's dive in together, not just to be a forgiven people, but to be forgiving people. And God's will and his power, may it be done here with us today. Amen. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we really can't even fathom the sacrifice you make day in, day out. Your long-suffering relationship with your people, all by your choice, all out of the depth of your love for us. Can't imagine it, Lord, how deeply you care for us when we are prone to wander. And yet, we don't question it long because we have seen your goodness time and time again in our lives. And so we give you thanks and we rejoice. We pray even now, Lord, for you and your Spirit's power to do your work within us, to begin that process of healing, of of restoration, of of wholeness, because we long to be free from these chains that bind. This world, this life is hard, God, and you know that. But we pray for your guidance to lead us forward on this path of forgiveness. Work in us even now. May we feel your grace as you reveal those names and those hurts. And may they not pull us down, but give us the stepping stone to being released from those things once and for all. We believe it can be done because we believe in you. And you can do all things. For your grace is profound and amazing. And so we give you thanks this day, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.